The book of Esther, chapter 7. Esther, chapter 7. Now Harbona, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, Look, the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on the king's behalf, is standing at the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him, that's Haman, hang Haman on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wrath subsided. Seemed like the Lord said to me today that somebody's building a gallows for you, but they're going to find themselves on the gallows that they built for you. Go to chapter 8, verse 1. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, and Esther had told how he was related to her. So the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther anointed Mordecai over the house of Haman. I want to talk about Haman and Mordecai today. Say those words after me, please. Haman, Haman. and Mordecai. You may be seated. Most of you are familiar with the story of Esther. This young Jewess became the wife of King Ahasuerus, the king of Persia. She was the adopted daughter of Mordecai. Mordecai went with her to the palace when she became queen, but he remained outside the gate of the palace. Haman, who is the arch villain of the book and of the narrative was the king's chief administrative assistant. Haman was an Agagite, also called an Amalekite. And the Amalekites were descendants of Esau, who were longtime enemies of the Jewish people. When Haman received the king's signet ring. And when he received the king's authority, Haman immediately began to devise a plan to wipe out and to annihilate all the Jews in Persia, and especially to destroy Mordecai. Esther, following Mordecai's instruction, revealed to Haman, uh, to the king, Haman's plot. And Haman ultimately was hung on the gallows that he had built for Mordecai. A man by the name of W.I. Thomas wrote a book entitled, If I Perish, I Perish. 
in which he gave an allegorical interpretation of the story of Esther. Each element of the story was approached as if it symbolized some spiritual factor. My soul was greatly blessed as I studied the book of Esther from this perspective. And it is appropriate that we should do so. For when the book of Esther is read from a literal and historical perspective, you'll find that the word God is not ever mentioned in the book of Esther. But when the book of Esther is read with the aim of extracting spiritual and symbolic truth, the book is full of divine revelations regarding what real discipleship is and regarding what real commitment really is. So let's visualize the Persian kingdom by empire, which was made up of 107 provinces. Let's the, imagine the Persian empire being the human body. For as the Persian empire contained all the basic elements of the nation, so does the physical body serve as a repository of everything that makes up the individual or the human body. And the focus of our interest will be the inner life of the individual. I hope we, that each of us will strive to see ourselves as this message goes forth. Tell your neighbor you're getting ready to take a look at yourself. The Bible teaches us that man is spirit and soul and body. And if the Persian Empire represents the human body, then King Ahasuerus represents the human soul. The soul is the arena of the will, of the affections. The soul is the seat of the appetite, the seat of the desires and of all the emotions. And so the king was the soul of the Persian Empire. For within his palace, decisions were made. Policies were declared. Decrees were published. The king was the decision maker. The entire empire was affected by the policies which were issued by the king. And so it is with the body. Not so much that comes in at you from without, as it is that which comes from you, from within, from the throne of your life, from your soul, that really determines the nature and destiny of your life. And as King Ahasuerus represents the soul, Queen Esther represents the human spirit. And it is the spirit that is that reflective, thoughtful aspect of the individual. It is the spirit that responds to God, that reaches out to God. It is the spirit that which, which is best, that which focuses on that which is best, and that focuses on that which is still necessary for a good life. 
But there are still two persons with whom you've not, we've not yet dealt with as symbols, Haman and Mordecai. Haman represents the principle of evil, and Mordecai represents the principle of good. The writer, Mr. Thomas, says that Haman represents the flesh, not just the human flesh, but that principle of evil that is inclined towards sin and opposed to God. You've got something in you that's inclined towards sin and that's opposed to the glory and the will of God in your life. The vehicle of the devil's power and influence is this fleshly man. Mordecai represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the triune God. He represents that which is good, that which is best, that which is most beneficial. And just as Haman and Mordecai were bitter enemies of one another, so is the flesh and the spirit bitter enemies of one another. God and the devil, bitter enemies of one another. As Galatians 5 and 17 says, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. At every significant moral moment of your life, the spirit's on one side saying, don't do it. The flesh is on the other side saying, go ahead. Go to it. Help yourself. Now that we have everybody identified, the kingdom representing the human body, King Ahasuerus representing the human soul, Queen Esther representing the human spirit, Haman representing the principle of evil of the flesh, Mordecai representing the spirit of the Lord. Let's start off with Haman on the inside and Mordecai on the outside. Haman had maneuvered himself to the place where the king had delegated all authority and all decision-making to Haman's hands. You remember the story of, of Joseph in Genesis 41 and verse 40, where the Lord said to Joseph, or the Pharaoh said to Joseph, you shall be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. He put his ring on Joseph's hand, and cried, and they cried before Joseph, bow the knee. And Pharaoh decreed that without Joseph should no man lift up his hand or his foot in the land of Egypt. Just as the Pharaoh had committed to Joseph authority over the nation of Egypt, he had delegated decision-making power in Joseph's hand, so King Ahasuerus had delegated to Haman authority over the Persian kingdom. Haman was given that same power. The soul, Ahasuerus, had delegated to the flesh, the principle of evil, Haman, all authority. Haman was in charge, just as the flesh is in charge of the lives 
of so many people today. Esther, the human spirit, for the greater part was quiet and unnoticed. And Mordecai, representing the Holy Spirit, was on the outside of the gate, looking in to the palace. Are you still with me? Now, though Haman was on the inside, and Mordecai was on the outside, this still did not keep Mordecai from trying to exercise his good influence on everybody involved. Esther had been an orphan, but Mordecai adopted her, raised her as his daughter, and loved her as if she was his own. And in the same way, the Spirit of God has chosen us and adopted us as sons and daughters. The Spirit of God has chosen you and adopted you as a son, as a daughter. And even after Esther became king, Mordecai maintained his contact and counsel with Esther, even though he was on the outside. And so it is with the Holy Ghost. He continues to speak with our spirits, even though he's shut out of our lives. He keeps our spirits alive, and he keeps us reaching for something that is higher. But even though, and more than this, when two men were conspiring to assassinate King Ahasuerus, Mordecai found out about it, and he sent word through Esther to the king of what was about to happen. Esther was able to save the king's life. But Mordecai's good deed was soon forgotten, and he still remained on the outside, unappreciated and forgotten. And so it is with the lives of many people today. God loves us. God cares for us. Even though we refuse, we refuse to honor him, and we refuse to give him his place of authority in our lives. He miraculously steps in. He protects us and cares for us when we would have been destroyed. Some of you remember, you were involved in sinfulness and wickedness, but somehow God stepped in and kept you from going too far. He stepped in, spared your life from some of the consequences, consequences that you might have faced. And when it happened, you knew it was God. Hallelujah. God has wrought miracles in the lives of many of you who are not saved. And you know it was God. But still you went on your way with God on the outside and with Haman still on the inside. One thing we have to notice is that Haman was the irreversible enemy of the Jewish people. We already noticed how the Agagites, how the Malachites were bitter enemies of the Jews. Haman had a large family, many sons, many fellow Amalekites in the kingdom. And they looked to Haman as their leader and looked upon him for their, as their champion and for their instructions. Four times the book of Esther states that Haman was the enemy of the Jews. And for a while, no one knew what Haman was going to do. Nobody knew what he had in his mind and in his heart. 
Everybody in the kingdom would bow down when Haman passed by, except for Mordecai. Mordecai would stand up, look at him, look him in the eye, say, there's no way I'm going to bow down unto you. And so it is. When the flesh is in control, the Holy Ghost never condones or advocates the leadership of the flesh. Even when you're wrong and when you're doing wrong, you know that you are and something speaks within you. God is not pleased with the way you're living. With all the power, all the wealth that Haman had, he could not be content as long as Mordecai and the Jews were alive. He devised a plan whereby he would one day wipe out all of the Jews. He went to the king, said, Your Highness, as a nation of people in the empire, the laws are different from your laws. They don't honor you. They don't honor your laws. They're very detrimental to the progress of your kingdom. And it's not to your profit to tolerate their existence. They need to be wiped out. Haman proposed to the king, all of them need to be wiped up. And all their possessions can be brought into the king's palace. He tried to tempt the king with the possibility of getting all the treasure of the Jews. Now let us notice three things about these Jews that Haman wanted to destroy. Number one, they alone in the kingdom were worshipers of the true and living God. They knew and obeyed God's commandments. They kept the laws of God. In the midst of all the wickedness around them, they were examples and witnesses for God. And without them, there would be nothing to restrain the downward plunge of the empire into wickedness. Be careful when you choose a child of God as your enemy. Yes, we need to be very thoughtful, even with the saints. We sometimes treat one another in cruel ways. We talk about them in negative ways, and we treat them as if they are nothing. But God loves the saints. I said, God loves the saints. And when you mess with a saint, you're doing the wrong thing. Haman made a terrible mistake in deciding he wanted to wipe out the Jews because God said, there's no way I'm going to let that happen. Beyond that, the Jews were God's chosen people. And before God would allow them to be destroyed, he would destroy all of Persia. And then the third thing you need to recognize is that the queen Esther, whom the king loved, was a Jew. Haman didn't realize it, but she was. But you know, this is the way the flesh is. The flesh is not satisfied as long as there's anything within us that does not bow down to the flesh. He wants to destroy every trace of righteousness every trace of goodness within your being. And he conspires to take from you the level of righteousness and take you down level by level into wickedness 
and ultimately it will destroy not only that which is right in you, but it will cause you to be destroyed for your wickedness. The devil is that way. That's the way he works. That's the way he is. There's that within you that does not want you to do right. Doesn't want you to be right. Doesn't want you to love the Lord. That's why sometimes you've got to fight to worship. Got to fight to praise him. Got to fight to give him glory. Because a part of you is pulling him back in the other direction. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let my flesh stop me from worshiping God. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what they think. I don't care how they feel. I'm going to give God glory. Come on, give God glory. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The king, in his ignorance, gave in to Haman's request. He gave Haman his ring, authorized Haman to proceed with the plan. And Haman issued a decree that all the Jews on the 13th day of April were going to be destroyed, were going to be wiped out. And the Amalekites began to prepare for that day. But Mordecai heard about it. And he told the rest of the Jews about it. And all the Jews began to mourn and to weep and to cry. And many today grieve the Holy Spirit. Esther had not yet seen Haman for the rascal that he was. But Mordecai from the beginning knew who Haman was and what Haman was like. So Mordecai sent a message to Esther saying, Esther, Haman has devised a plot and convinced the king to wipe out all the Jews. And Esther, you need to go before the king and ask the king to spare us, not to destroy all of our people. And tell the king that you yourself are a Jew and the decree would go against you also. But you know, there was a law in Persia that nobody could go before the king without being invited by the king. You did not go before the king if you, didn't, if you went before the king and he did not extend his scepter or his staff to you, you would be killed, sentenced to death. And so Easter, Esther was afraid to go. But Mordecai warned her, said, if you don't go, you're going to die. If you go, you're going to die. But if you go, you might be able to save the life of the whole kingdom. Esther said, all right, you have everybody pray. Have everybody seek God and pray that it will go well, and I'll go. And if I perish, I perish. She made up her mind, if I've got to die for my people, I'm willing to do it. If I've got to die for their salvation and for their life, I'm willing to do it. So now, we see the spirit of man represented by Esther, yielding to the Spirit of God, represented by Mordecai. Esther decided that she would go even if it might cost her very life. She said, so I'll go in before the king, which is not according to the law, Esther 5, 16. And if I perish, I perish. She was willing to die if necessary to expose Haman and to save her people. She did not know how it was going to be done, 
but she just decided to obey Mordecai. Sometimes you just got to obey the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost take care of the rest of you. Some people now are having a battle with the flesh, and you seem to be on the losing end. But the Holy Ghost is speaking to you right now. If you'll obey the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost and the power of God will give you victory like you've never known before. So Esther decided, I'm going to invite the king over for dinner, and I'm going to invite Haman to come along with him. And on the night in between, the king could not sleep. He had accepted Esther's invitation. When he went to bed that night, his eyes would not close in sleep. So he called for one of his servants in the middle of the night, said, bring the record of the kingdom. I want you to just read it to me. The servant brought the record of the kingdom and began to read event by event the things that had taken place in the kingdom. And as the scribe was reading, he came upon that place where Mordecai had saved the king's life. For Mordecai had warned them of the assassins who were trying to kill the king. And then the king asked his scribe, what have we done for Mordecai for this? What dignity does he bear in return for saving my life? And the king was answered by the scribe, King, you have not given him any honor. You've not given him any reward. Isn't it wonderful how sometimes the Lord might not get what you are asking for and wanting right now, but just at the right time, the Lord will step in and bring the blessing that you really need. I'd like to ask you, what honor, what dignity, have you extended to God for all that God has done for you? God has saved you. God has protected you. Have you left God sitting at the gate? You know, Jesus said to the church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open unto me, I'll come into him, I'll sup with him, and he with me. When the record was consulted, they had not done anything for Mordecai. And unfortunately, when many of us would consult with the record, we have not done what we should have done for God. Offering time comes and goes, and we try to insulate and shed away that appeal from our ears, from our hearts. The time comes for us to give God glory, and sometimes we leave God on the outside, sitting at the gate. We don't give him glory, and we don't give him praise. But is there anybody here that knows that God is worthy of all the glory? You know, God is worthy of all the praise. Come on, give God some glory. Give him some praise. Give him the praise. Hallelujah. In the meantime, Haman was almost ready to execute his plot. He even had the gallows built that he was going to hang Mordecai on. A little while longer, and it would have been too late. Mordecai would have been dead. So when Haman walked in the next morning, look at God. Haman walked into the court of the king, and the king said, hey, Haman, I'm glad I told them to have the first person that came in the door to come straight to me, and you are the first one that came in the door. Haman 
What honor shall be extended to one whom the king would desire to delight? And Haman thought he was talking about him. He said, man, I got it made now. My reward is coming. He's about to bless me. I'm about to go up a level. Haman said, oh, I would uh, put him in one of my robes. That's what I'd do. Then I would put my crown on his head. And uh, I would uh, put him in my chariot. And let him sit down and ride in my chariot. Then I'd send men running before him. And I'd send men running behind him. And I'd let him ride through the streets of the city. And I'd have somebody yelling as he went by, this is what happens to the man whom the Lord would delight to honor. Haman thought he had his plot together. But the king said, Haman, that's a good idea. I want you to do this for Mordecai. Mordecai saved my life. Mordecai blessed me. So I want you to do that. I want you to take charge of it yourself. I want you to do this for Mordecai. Hallelujah. 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 Haman was petrified. He was terrified. The devil gets upset when God's people honor God. The devil can't stand it when God started getting the glory. And Mordecai, representing the Holy Ghost, was getting the glory and the thanks and the praise of the whole kingdom for what he had done for the king. Don't you let your flesh stop you from giving God glory. So Haman had to go and get Mordecai. Put Mordecai in the king's chariot. Put the king's robe on Mordecai, the king's crown, and have Mordecai riding through the streets. The one that he had just built a gallows for. The king said, honor him. And this is what should be done to the man whom the Lord would delight to honor. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. God is a miracle worker. God is a wanna. You might be on the outside, but God's going to bring you on the inside. Come on, tell your neighbor, you might be on the outside, but God's going to bring you on the inside. Clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After this was done, the king and Haman went in to the queen for dinner. And it was revealed, she said, I want you to know, king, that these people that are to be destroyed, the Jews, I'm a Jew. And they've decided that I'm to be destroyed and my people are to be destroyed. And the king said, who concocted this scheme? And Esther said, Haman did it. Hallelujah. The king was incensed overwhelmed with anger. And he said, listen, Haman, we're going to hang you on the gallows you had built for Mordecai. He took the ring off of Haman's hand. He put it on Mordecai's hand. And then he put Haman's household under the control of Mordecai. Mordecai took charge and he gave the kingdom of Haman 
to Esther. And Esther delegated the authority to Mordecai. And all was well in the kingdom. The soul of the will yielded to the Holy Ghost and placed the spirit and the flesh under the guidance of the Holy Ghost. And when Haman was hung, Mordecai was brought into the palace. And when Mordecai was brought into the palace, the kingdom had peace and rest and happiness. Somebody ought to say, praise the Lord. I just came by to ask you, is God sitting at the gate of your life? Or have you allowed God to come on the inside and take charge of your life? Is God on the outside? Or do you have him on the inside? I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm determined. I've decided that I want Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. One day the devil decided, if I can just get Jesus, if I can just destroy Jesus, then I will have it made and I will be in charge. He did not build a gallows. He built a cross. And he convinced the rulers of that day that Jesus should be crucified on a cross. They put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. They hung him on that old rugged cross. He died for you and he died for me. But on the third day morning, he had a surprise for the devil. In order to defeat the devil, Jesus had to not only come to death, but he had to go through death. And he said, like Esther, if I perish, I perish. But early on the third day morning, Jesus got up from the grave, said all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. I've got the key to death, to hell and the grave. Yes, yes, Lord, don't know about you. But let's look at this. The kingdom being the human body, King Ahasuerus being the soul, had committed the kingdom unto Haman. But Queen Esther stayed in touch with the Holy Ghost, Brother Mordecai. Mordecai told her what to do and when to do it. Haman was hung on the gallows that he had built for Mordecai. And look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your enemies are gonna be hung on the gallows that they're building for you. Folk are trying to destroy you. Folk are trying to drag you down. They're trying to make your life a waste. But hold on unto the Lord. Hold on to his righteousness for a man's ways. Please the Lord. He'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. Don't worry about your enemies. Don't worry about folk that hate you. Keep on walking by faith in God. We cannot see through the future. We can walk on by faith in God. Oh, bless the name of God. So the flesh was hung on the gallows. The Bible says crucify the flesh, but live 
alive be alive unto God. And so the flesh was crucified and the spirit of God took charge. And I believe somebody in the house of God ought to lift your hand today and say, Lord, take charge of my life. Lord, take control of my life. If you reach out for God, God is reaching out for you. If you want God in your life, he will come in. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If any man will hear my voice and open unto me, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And the Lord was talking to the church. He was not talking to the world. These were letters to the seven churches. And he said to this church, open up and I'll come in. And I just want you to know the Lord is still saying the same thing today. Open up and I'll come in. You shall find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. And blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. And I shall, I shall be filled. Stand up, everybody. Clap your hands. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Yes. Yes. Yes, all was well. Everything was all right in the kingdom. The flesh on the gallows, the spirit in the palace. Esther, by the wife of her king, her king and her Lord, his soul was satisfied and safe and all right. Neighbor, when you put God in charge, everything will be all right, come into my heart, come into my soul, come into my mind, come into my will. My soul says yes. Lift your hand and say, Lord, my soul says yes. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Lift your hand and say glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. So what will it be? Will it be Mordecai on the outside, on the inside? Will it be Haman on the gallows, on the outside? Or will it be Mordecai unappreciated, unthanked, unglorified? I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to be glorified in my life. I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to be in charge of my destiny.
of my future. Hallelujah. Haman meant nothing but bad and evil for the kingdom. He would cause the whole kingdom to be wiped out, to do what he wanted to do. And the devil will never be satisfied until he has destroyed you. We are in a battle. We're fighting for our lives. The devil is fighting to destroy us. Jesus fought that we might have life and that more abundantly. How many of you are glad that Jesus is in your heart? Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory. Lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your truth. So many of us, like the kingdom of Persia, dominated by evil and wickedness, not seeking your will, your glory, your praise, not following after you with all of our hearts. But Lord, we pray that you'll help us to understand that we need to be put the flesh on the gallows. We need to reject that part of us that's contrary to your will. We need to cherish our souls that we live on forever. Attach our spirits to you that our spirits hear from your spirit, from the Holy Ghost, and let you take charge of our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the Lord has spoken to your heart, if you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you, setting your life in order, when I count to three, I want us to enter into the presence and the anointing of Almighty God. When I count to three, I want us to give God praise like we've never given him praise before. When I count to three, I want us to pray, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit and power like you've never done before. One, two, three, praise him. Ah, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and give him glory. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. 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 Someone might say, well, preacher, I've heard the whole story, but that Haman element, that flesh, that wickedness that is within me, so dominated me, it's like a chain. I can't get free, I can't get loose. Lord, I need your help, I need you to deliver me from this. Some of you are hooked up on things right now that are dominating your life and destroying your life. But Simon Peter, the apostle, was locked in jail with chains on his wrists, chains on his ankles. 16 soldiers were standing guard over him in jail. He was locked in and bound. 
But the saints were praying for him. Their prayers were heard by God. And an angel showed up in jail and said to Simon Peter, Simon Peter, stand up. Simon Peter might well have said, don't you see these chains? Don't you see these soldiers? Don't you see these locked doors? I'm in jail. Why should I stand up? But the angel said, no, stand up. Simon Peter got up. And when he got up, his chains fell off. Well, you tell two people, when you got up, your chain fell off. Come on and give God praise. Tell him your chain, your chain has fallen off. Come on, tell them your chain has fallen off. Now just walk around a little bit and clap your hands and praise God. You're free. Walk into your future. Walk into your destiny. Walk into your war, your miracle. Walk into it. Ah, yes. 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 Tell three people I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Praise Him. Hallelujah, free, oh, free, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, yes, 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 you're free, you're free, the apostle Paul was shipwrecked on the island and they, because their clothing was wet and they needed to warm themselves, they decided to build a fire. And they built a fire, but as Paul was throwing sticks on the fire, out of the bundle of sticks, a snake bit Paul on the hand. And they saw that it was a poisonous snake. And they said, that thing is going to kill him. But Paul just shook it off. Shook it off. Shinned the fire. And he suffered no harm. Went on about his business. Come on, just shake off that challenge. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. There goes sickness. There goes depression. There goes the habit. There goes sorrow. There goes discouragement. Come on, tell your neighbor I'm free. Free. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Lord, we thank you for the miracle. Thank you for the blessing in the name of Jesus that you have wrought in the life of your people. They go from this place free and blessed. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. God's people now, take your hands off and set them free, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone here needs to accept Jesus. Someone needs to get saved. 
Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. If you don't know the Lord, if the flesh is dominating your life, and you need the Spirit of the Lord to come in, he will come into your life. If you are not saved, if you are not forgiven, then you won't see the face of God in peace. But if you want to be saved, if you want your sins forgiven, if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, while every head is bowed, I'll pray for you right where you are. But I need to know that you want to be saved. And if you'll raise your hand, I'll know to pray for you. Lift that hand high. Preacher, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. I want to work for God, live for God. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to hear the Lord say, well done. Lift those hands. Lift those hands in the name of the Lord. Lift them high. I see those hands. I see them. Lift them high. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand, every child of yours that said, pray for me. Come into their life right now, Lord. Set them free. Let them never, ever again be the same. Come into their hearts in the name of Jesus. Everybody say this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I've been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me and rose again from the dead. I accept him. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. Come on, rejoice that you are saved. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Hallelujah.